Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 65th episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I'm Rob. And I'm Anna Marie, and this episode is brought to you by Meeples and Milkshakes. You can find them in-store at 130 Westminster Avenue West, Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Yes, Meeples. Speaking of them, we're going to get to them here in a second, but I'm just going to apologize um, up front for this recording because I uh, have very bad allergies going on right now, and I cannot um, shake it. So it's just... <laughs> I'm going to sound a little uh, stuffy and scratchy and stuffy here at uh, from time to time, but <clears throat> I'll try and uh, get through it here as best I can. Um, <laughs> this is just hay fever is awful right now. Uh, but yeah, speaking of meeples, we're going to meeples on Friday. Whoop, whoop. And what are we attending on Friday? So it's in two days and we are attending a pre-release event mm-hmm. for Magic the Gathering. The Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. Tales of Middle-Earth. Yeah. I'm so so excited. Yeah, the actual Magic the Gathering Lord of the Rings set pre-release event at Meeples is happening. And we've been waiting for this set for a long time. Ever since we heard about it. Yeah, it's been like two years or more yeah. since we first heard about it. And yeah, yeah, here it is. The pre-release event, Friday night at Meeples. And it is a uh, sealed uh, sort of tourney. I guess that's going on there where we get six booster packs each, I believe. And then you pull your cards from there and you assemble a 40 card deck uh, to use in the, however this tournament is going to work. And I think there's 14 people um, involved, I believe. And um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I'm excited for it. I've played a lot of magic in my time. I I don't play a lot um, these days, but um, this set has got me really excited and it'll be good for you. Too. Yeah, I, uh, I've i tried to play Magic. I mean, I've played it with you and mm-hmm. you show me how to play and, and things like that. And for whatever reason, I cannot get this game to stick in my head. And I think it's because... It's I've, so simple. Well, yes and no. Because I've also played with people who just have like overpowered decks. And I just feel like I'm making every play I make, I'm making mistakes. And yeah. that's not super fun. But... um. But I just, yeah, there's some things that I just, some rules that for whatever reason I can't get in my head. But I'm very excited for this one because I love Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's And I really do like, uh, I love card games and I like the, um, what are these? I want to say it's not dueling. Yeah, it's a dueling card game. Like I love, I love the ones that we play. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm hoping that with the Lord of the Rings, because I know the characters and I kind of know the backstory Mm -hmm. and I know... Um, I just feel mm. like everybody will have an equal chance of getting the cards. Yep. I'm not going to have to buy these cards. That's the other thing. I'm not going to have to buy these cards continuously. I'm going to buy, like, th- this set is only going to last so long. And I mm. I will buy whatever, like, not whatever I can, but what I buy. That's what I'll use and I'll be able to play it. And yep. I'll get to know the cards. Whereas I found with the other ones, you buy it and they're so expensive. Like, you mm. buy them. And then all of a sudden it's onto the next one, onto the next one, onto the next one, and you can't keep up. And so that's why I'm really excited yeah. about this because I love this theme. I would like to get all the cards that I can get and then just play this one. And then I can play magic whenever, but with this. And then yep. maybe if I, that helps me to understand the game, then I could maybe sub in with other cards and actually mm-hmm. play it better. But yeah, this will be fun. This You'll be able to make a deck like, because there's 
in you know in magic there's this the uh, five colors yes. it's red, like blue red blue, green, green white, white black and black yeah yeah and they should be themed kind of accordingly right where the black will be like you know I'm I'm guessing orcs and spiders. Green and will be nature, like the ants, the ants probably, and things right? like and that. The yeah. white will be like the Gondor, and green will probably be Rohan, or ants, or whatever you want to say. And then um, what other color? Red. There could be like goblins, and blue will probably be like the good guys. Blue kind of could like, be elves, yeah. or who knows, or dwarves, or I don't know. But like, it'll be cool because when you're opening your cards, you'll be able to kind of pick and be like, okay, I really want to make a white deck because I really like x characters that have been finding in the white mm-hmm. colors but then you could do like uh two right because most most magic decks are either mono colored or two colors yeah um and you just mix them up and uh there's providing land there so yeah. land is your um, mana what you use yeah, yeah. to uh, um fuel the cards right yeah so um yeah it should be fun i think you'll be able to find out or find a um a theme that you want to create and like not necessarily use the best cards but maybe the cards that you like the best well and i think that will help me too just knowing the story mm-hmm. so i'll know the characters or most of the characters that i'm choosing and how they should work together yeah. it might help me with how they actually do work together because i feel like they they'll obviously make this pretty thematic for yeah. how like they, their abilities it's and, gonna be very thematic. right like the, yeah. their abilities and what they can do what they can't do like it they wouldn't have you know, they'd have Gimli being good with an axe or Legolas being good with a sword, yep. not vice versa kind of thing. So Legolas good with a bow. What did I? Did I say sword? sword. I meant bow. My brain. <laughs> it's honestly. So today is Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I thought it was Thursday. Oof. Yeah. Today, I also thought it was Thursday. It's been oh, a man. long, it's been a long Thursday for me already, guys. And I'm not even there yet. <laughs> yeah. That's too bad. I was That's seeing the feeling. bow in my head, yeah. but just said sort And it looks like there are quite a bunch of prizes for this event as well. Um, first place, getting a whole whack of things. Uh, 30th anniversary, Glenn Alendra Archmage, uh, Thought Vessel promo, another promo card of a choice, and four booster packs. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then it kind of gets um, uh, a little bit less, a little yeah. bit less as you go down. But I think the at the end of the day, everyone at least walks away with an extra booster pack. Yeah, which is pretty crazy, or not crazy, but just pretty fun pretty and just a, yeah. a fun fun evening. You yeah. know, finally getting to see these cards and mm-hmm. and play with them when you've been you know hoping for it for or waiting for it for a long time. Yeah, but there's um, a couple other things I want to mention here. So the, perhaps the coolest part of what's going on with this set is the whole deal with the one ring mm-hmm. so if people aren't aware this particular magic set does have a card that is a one of one that's crazy and that is like a one of one for the entire set yeah so and that is the one ring and there's only one of them ever printed that's yeah. going to be there and and so that was huge news um yeah a little while back and there were some collectors offering big money for that. And a guy started out offering a hundred grand for that card. If you pull it, he'll buy it from you. But then a whole bunch of people have been starting to realize this and they're, um, they've been kind of out doing each other and offering more and more money. And currently as of this morning, as of this recording, there is a company, um, it's called, oh, it's in Spain. 
uh, it's a game star called Gramio de Dragones, has offered a bounty of 2 million euros oh my for gosh. this card. 2.15 million US dollars that they're wow. offering for this card if you pull it. So, and Just everyone imagine how much people. Canadian that would be. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like two and two point six. I'm just joking, as if two million isn't enough. Yeah, I'm just. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so then that's this is this card is just out there somewhere in yeah. a booster somewhere. Like it could legitimately be found at this pre-event in Penticton at Meeple's. That would be hilarious. Which would be wild. So what yeah. we've done as well is we've gone ahead and ordered a booster box for ourselves, um, which was quite expensive, but um this is honestly this is i i wanted to do that before i even knew that thing just because so did i <laughs> i wanted to get as many of these cards as i could because i feel like this is the set that i'm going to be able to actually yeah. play magic in you know but now we want to take that booster box and record opening it mm-hmm. um because that might be a pretty cool video to to show and uh and we post it on our youtube um channel so i think we might be able to pick that up uh, I don't know if we can pick it up at the event or if we have to wait until it's might released, be a probably date of the release. Yeah. I'm not sure, but we'll be doing that in the next month anyway, I would think. So yeah. Can you imagine pulling a $2 million nope. magic card? I cannot. Holy. I imagine the lottery all the time. Yep. Hasn't happened yet, but it will. And it's fun <laughs> to think cause it's I, like, I almost would want to keep that card. Right? I know. The collectors <laughs> but, in us. Oh my, because we are like particularly me being like, like I was the kid that didn't open. I had a shoe box full of unsharpened pencils. Like, <laughs> yes. Full to the brim. I think we both have a collector's bone in our body. We definitely do. But I would get action figures given to me as a birthday present when I was a kid and just keep them in their box. And I still have them hanging on the wall behind you. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, th- it would be hard for me to give it up. But for two million bucks, I would do it, and, or more. Or maybe yeah. I'd squeeze them for a bit more. But, <laughs> so I don't know. It's possible. That's the crazy thing is until it shows up somewhere, it's it's up for grabs. Yeah, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? The golden yeah. ticket. Yep, that would be wild. That would so, be so cool. We are going to be doing that. So if you are at um, the Meeple's Lord of the Rings MTG event, um, we'll see you there. We'll see you there. And uh, yeah, that should be fun. But that's a great segue into our next section because uh, we're heading on over to the news section. We have some pretty interesting news to talk about Ooh. about a another kind of dueling card game. So let's uh, head on over there right now. Alrighty then, here we are at our news segment of the episode where we are going to talk about, like I said just before this, another dueling card game. And have you heard of uh, Disney Lorcana? Yes, actually I saw that on, um, that was on Meeple's, uh, the first time I saw that, it was on the Meeple's pre-orders, Yep. but it was already sold out when I saw it. Like I think that that thing sold out like that like it was yeah and i was like i've never even heard of this and then it was gone so i didn't super look into it a ton i kind of read the synopsis but that was a while ago just because i'm like well it's already sold out in pre-order i guess if i'm interested i'll have to wait until it comes in <laughs> in yeah. stock so it's it is a card game um and this is from ravensburger 
um, designed by Ryan Miller and Steve Warner. And this is a uh, a battling trading okay. card game, like CCG or whatever yeah. you want to call it, TCGs or whatever you want to call it. It's a, a game similar to Magic where you have a deck of, uh, and they use uh, Disney characters to okay. fight each other, basically, yeah. is what this comes down to. And there was a lot of um, excitement and hype around this game. Yeah, like it, I think it sold out a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to, it was it was supposed to mm. uh, launch, I believe, at Gen Con was where it was supposed to first become available. Okay. Um, and that is going very sideways. Because, when does Gen Con happen? Uh, I believe that's uh, August. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been some crazy things going on with Disney Lorcana. Um, so a little backstory here. Um, co-designer Ryan Miller, uh, used to, uh, work for Upper Deck. Okay. And they make all like the Upper Deck has the card, uh, card box, deck boxes, right? That's where I know that logo from. Um, well, like, Upper we... Deck is, is, um, uh, primarily sports cards. Okay, um, just because so I know, cards and stuff that like I our KeyForge decks, we've got uh, upper deck boxes to keep yep. them in, right? That's yep. what we've. Yep. I just know that name. Yeah, an upper deck is, is yeah. Well, well, at least when I was a kid, it was almost entirely uh, sport cards, collectible. Yeah, that stuff. makes sense. Yeah, but so here's here's an interesting article here. So this one, uh, this is big news all over the place. But I did find a, an article to read so that I'm not just kind of making this up as yeah. I go. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from Polygon. A website. And the, the headline here says, Disney Lorcana launch is threatened by Upper Deck lawsuit. So, it hmm. says here, the pending launch of Ravensburger's Disney Lorcana trading card game is now threatened by an explosive new lawsuit issued by the Upper Deck company. In the 19-page complaint issued today to the California court, so this was uh, six days ago, um, the rival publisher alleges that the co-designer Ryan Miller previously created a similar game that is nearly identical to Disney Lorcana while under contract with Upper Deck. In addition to other requests from uh, for relief, Upper Deck is asking a judge for an injunction that would halt the release of Disney Lorcana currently expected at this year's Gen Con convention in August. Wow. That doesn't give them much time to no. figure stuff out. This is huge. And it says here, the game... Uh, Upper Deck says it paid Miller to design is called Rush of Ikor. I-K-O-R-R. It has not yet been released. Players are said to take on the role of gods, such as those once worshipped by ancient Greeks and indigenous uh, Mesoamericans. The complaint goes into great detail to prove its claims that Disney Lurkana and Rush of Ikor have the same or very similar mechanics. It also calls into question Miller and Ravensburger's intent with regard to sourcing the rules for their own game. And then it goes on and on and on. It says the complaint goes on to demand punitive damages, restitution, injunctive relief, enjoining Ravensburger from publicly releasing Lorcana and more. That's interesting. I I mean, I'd be curious to see how similar they say the games are because yeah. they're all fairly similar. Like, honestly. Yeah, at like, their core, they kind of are. At their right? core, like, when they're saying, like, similar mechanics, well, yeah, all dueling card games have similar mechanics. They do. And they all have to use different language so that they don't get right. sued. Like, yeah. you can't tap. Exactly. You know, tap magic, you can tap. By right? Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. Tapping is 
their mechanics. And so then you and and so you've got like you Exhaust can't and you, turn sideways. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you've got all the different yeah. lingo and terminology because you can't use tap, but you're all doing the same thing. And so, like the mechanics are are very similar. You just have kind of the different differences in the gameplay. So I'd be curious. I'm not surprised that the mechanics are similar. So yeah, curious to see how. Um, I also that's interesting too because. It's crazy. I find that somebody, so he worked for Upper Deck. Ravensburg. No, he works for Ravensburg now. He worked for Upper Deck, designed a game. Yep. Called the Run. Uh, Rise of Ecor or something. Uh, the doesn't matter. Yeah. But so Rush of Rush. Ecor. So I find it, and I'm, and it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I'm not saying either way. I don't know anything about this, but it seems strange that in this day and age, Especially with like you're working at a company, you have to sign all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. You're under contract. It seems strange that he would make the same game for another company. Mm-hmm. You know, like it seems that I feel like he would know enough that he, how much he would have to change it to not be the same game or even considered. Yeah, that seems. Yeah, I don't know but what it's. Yeah, what it's sounding like is that. It's basically the exact same game. They just slapped the Disney theme on top. And like, if that's the case, holy shame on you because yeah, you can't wild. do that. <laughs> no, it says actually there's a there's a thing here from Ravensburger. It says um, uh, as of June 9th, this was said. It says we at Ravensburger. So this is um, uh, a representative. Yeah, I'm not sure who. We at Ravensburger stand behind the integrity of our team and the originality of our products. Uh, Lisa Kruger, Senior Communications Director at Ravensburger North America, said in an email, The baseless claims filed Mm -hmm. this week are entirely without merit and we look forward to proving this in due time. In the meantime, our focus continues to be developing and launching a fantastic game in august so that also found that makes me think that it that it is kind of baseless just because i don't on top of the fact that i don't i think that that the designer would know better than i would think right <clears throat> like i just yeah i i i feel like he i feel like ravensburger must know mm-hmm. what the other game is that he designed in some fashion you know maybe there maybe there are privacy issues where he can't explain it but yeah i don't know so, but I found another article from yesterday. Okay. Um, this one from IGN, uh, with a headline saying "Disney Lorcana still targeting August launch calls the stolen game allegations baseless." Mm-hmm. Uh, it says Ravensburger is still targeting an August eighteenth release date for Disney Lorcana, despite receiving a lawsuit alleging it has stolen the game. In a statement to IGN, Ravensburger didn't indicate the highly anticipated launch of Disney's. Magic the Gathering and Pokemon TCG competitor would be affected after calling Upper Deck's company lawsuit baseless. Um, and then it goes on to say much of the same uh, stuff there. But that's a pretty wild thing. Yeah. It almost, and I mean, I, like I said, I don't know anything about this, but it almost seems like, oh, you've got Disney with you. You've probably got a lot of money. Let's try to get oh, a piece of that sure. pie. <laughs> you know? If they can... If yeah. I can sue you for anything, let's try to do it. Yeah, it's just... It's but a, it, it... Yeah, I just... I don't... I I don't know that designer from anyone, but I just feel like he would well, know better. i um, What else is oh, this? Oh, the name um, sounds familiar, so I might not... I shouldn't yeah. say that. I just... Let me see here. Disney Arcana, Ryan Miller. I, may, I think that's just a common name, too. So um, I might. 
Oh, Betrayal Legacy. Okay. Um, Axis and Allies Zombies, the Princess Bride Adventure Book Game. So I haven't seen his name then for um, sure. Um uh, yeah, Betrayal Legacy is a big one. Um he's but he's designed stuff for Digimon. That's a another yeah. card game. Um Epic PvP fantasy expansion games. Um So fun. he's no stranger to board games, card games. Nope designing and knowing oh no he's got 57 things here right like oh yeah. he's he's uh the lord of the rings adventure uh book game that's coming out in 2023 that i was looking at oh cool um so yeah yeah strange one here i just thought it was uh be a cool thing to talk about um my first thoughts is that he didn't make the same game those are my first thoughts you heard it here folks <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean well, i have no facts that's just those are just my first thoughts <laughs> So that's a weird one. Um, I'm excited, or not excited, but I'm intrigued to yeah. uh, to follow this uh, story and see where that ends up, and see if they do release it at Gen Con, and and if if there's well, still the pending lawsuit or whatever. That's interesting too. I was I looked up the dates when you were saying you thought it was August, and I, it looks like it's saying August third to sixth, but that was saying August eighteenth for the release of the of the game. So maybe oh. they changed it not to be at Gen Con, but. A little bit after, or maybe the maybe dates on the, the internet are wrong. Like might, <laughs> oh yeah, maybe. Pre-release. Oh yeah, that could be it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Big, big news in the board gaming world. That's a like that's a crazy story. So yeah, we'll see uh, what happens with that. But um, I think that's it for that segment of the episode. We have a review to do, uh, so we're gonna head on over to our final segment right after this. Maples and Milkshakes is a great place for all sorts of gaming fun. They offer a stay and play library with over 500 games, yummy eats like delicious milkshakes, tasty treats, and scrumptious sandwiches all made in-house. And they host a board game meetup every Wednesday and Friday at 7pm. Not only does Meeples and Milkshakes have a wide variety of games to purchase in store, they also have an extensive catalogue of games available online at meeples.ca. Their easy-to-navigate web store features new arrivals and restock sections, which are being constantly updated. Looking for the new hotness? Check out their pre-order pages. That's right, there are multiple pages of pre-orders with hundreds of titles to choose from. Oh yeah, they also ship across Canada. Check out Meeples and Milkshakes and their friendly, knowledgeable staff in person at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Alrighty then, here we are at our final segment of the episode where we are going to do another Meeple Dungeon Review! And what are we reviewing today, Anna-Marie? We are reviewing The Stuff of Legend, designed by Kevin Wilson, art by Charles Paul Wilson III, and published by 3WS Games. Yeah, Third World uh, Systems, I believe. Oh, well, there you go. Um, yeah, The Stuff of Legend. This was one of, if not our most anticipated game of the year. Yeah. Um, so it had high, high expectations for us. Uh, in particular and yeah so a, a lot of people probably aren't aware of um, what the theme is here because it's a very specific unique cool theme yes. Do you want to let them know for sure so the stuff of legend is based on the original graphic novel the stuff of legend so the year is 1944 a boy rests peacefully in his room with his loyal puppy scout and his favorite toys 
when he is suddenly snatched from his bed and dragged into his closet by the evil boogeyman. The devoted group of toys, led by the courageous toy soldier known as the Colonel, must stage a rescue mission. Despite their apprehension at what lies ahead, the toys venture into the boogeyman's terrifying closet realm known as the Dark, and find themselves in a world where they have become real and can be hurt. They are thrust into a war against a vast army of the boys' discarded and disgruntled toys. The band must not only fight to rescue their boy, but also their very souls. So the introduction to the game here. Um, what a cool theme. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, the Stuff of Legend is a cooperative game for three to six players that plays in one to two hours, depending on how many plays you've done. Yep. Um, the players play as toys that have entered the closet to track down the boogeyman and rescue the boy. However, some among you may be traitors secretly working for the boogeyman <laughs> under threat or promise. Yep. Be careful whom you trust if you ever want to see the boy and make it home again. Yeah, so quite the theme there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it. I don't know. That's super exciting and cool to me. So as soon as I heard the theme about this, because uh, we had not read the novels um, no. prior to uh, hearing about this game. Yeah. Um, so we did not know much about it other than exactly what we just read out. So now that you know what the theme is, let's talk about how this game plays. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so it's got a, a, a large main board um, that is representing um, the dark. So this is inside the closet. The boogeyman's it, realm. Yeah, it's his realm. But it's actually kind of like a weird, twisted version of... Brooklyn. Uh, of what? Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Brooklyn, um, like in New York. Um, and there's a few different locations on the board. That it's And they're split into um, kind of color-coded circles and pathways. Um, there's an area uh, that's the Brooklyn Creek. There's an area that's the Ruined Zoo, um, an area called Hopscotch, and then the Jungle. And these are the different locations that we are going to be traveling around to in order to try to... Um, uh, figure out where the figure boy Figure out is where the boy, yeah. And ultimately to try to find him. to and save him. Um and we start the game uh, by selecting um, players to be. Yes. There's a whole whack of them. So you're, you're playing as one of he, uh, of the boy's toys. Yes. There's Monty, the wind-up monkey, like a classic um, monkey with the two uh, symbols. Yep. Uh, there's Fillmore, who is a basically a top hat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a Monopoly top hat. There's the general, who is a... Um, a like knight on a horse sort of thing he's a soldier i think the general right oh. like he's um well oh, here he's, he's a actually a knight. yeah he looks like either yeah. way <clears throat> and there's also the princess which is a wooden doll there's quackers he's a pull string duck that you pull around with a, a string and yeah. he quacks along there's homer uh who's basically a, a piggy bank baseball player there's percy who is a classic pig piggy bank um there's Harmony, the ballerina top, so a spinning top yep. that kind of looks like a ballerina. There's Jester, the, the jack-in-the-box. And there's Max, the teddy bear. And so you pick from one of those characters, and you're going to have like a kind of a home card for that character and a stand. Or they're standees, but in our version, there's minis yes. um, that come with this. And But the standees are nice. The like, standees are really great. The standees are, they're quite large as well. They're not little mm. normal sized standees. Like they're quite big. Yeah. 
they're they're definitely nice. Um, yeah. I'd like to paint our minis to make because right now the standees almost look better. Yes, right? I would definitely love to paint them to match their. Yeah, we have uh, to paint these to match exactly yes. that, right? Yeah. So you select a character, and we like we said earlier. I think we said it's three to six players, so you need a yeah. minimum of three to play this. Um, you take one of your players. Uh, you take your mini and you are going to take a loyalty card and these cards are like really crazy things so it's literally a card that says that you're loyal to the boy or a card that says you are loyal to the boogeyman and um there's one more in there well there's a few other things but that's the the gist of it there's um a couple specialty cards that you could also add in depending on player count yes but you are like in a three-player game you are going to have um the chance of one person being uh a traitor like loyal to the boogeyman in a five-player game there's going to be a chance of two out of the five of you um becoming a traitor but yeah you're gonna have one of those cards assigned to you and then there's actually going to be one of them face down on the board that kind of gets flipped in and around and passed around and makes everyone uh very weary of each other (laughs) yeah and then um yeah you're gonna seat out the board and you're gonna kind of create these zones the brooklyn creek the ruined zoo the jungle and hopscotch and you are gonna lay out kind of cards that are um in kind of stacks where there's a location card which is on top and it's uh these are all face down and they get revealed when you go there and then underneath them there's going to be encounter cards of things that you encounter uh, at that location and you are going to have um, a mini of the boy basically on this track. There's a time track, which uh, is kind of one of the end game or triggers end game triggers. Yeah. Um, that as this figure of the boy moves down the board and it ends up at the bottom, um, you are going to instantly lose the game. Then there's also a mini of the boogeyman who uh, is up at the top of the board in what's called the attention level and troop strength uh, track. And we'll talk a bit more about that later. And then all of your characters are represented by a single mini on the board. And your minis are actually used um, in the action selection spot, which is on yeah. a separate little board that you put beside uh, the main board. Yeah, so like your the, the player mini for like actually moving on the game board, it's got Scout, his dog, and like a flag and helmet, like it's just representative yeah. of kind of all of it's you. It's representing all of us. In yeah. One, uh, like working as a team. Yeah. So you move and do everything as a team. Um, and then you're kind of ready to, to play the game. You're, this whole game is used or, or is generally played using action cards. And each character gets dealt seven cards with the exception of one player gets nine. That's the jester um, for just because of his strength Special and weaknesses. Ability, yeah. But uh, yeah, you're going to have seven cards in your hand. And on on your turn, uh, the way this is broken up is into two phases. There's our phase and there is the dark phase. Yeah. Um, and on our phase, we're going to be doing three actions. So even if we have three players playing, um, we're each going to take one action. But if we have five or six players playing, we're still, gonna we're take still three. only doing three actions. So only three people so only, would get to play per turn. Yeah. So we have to decide that. And there's a whole cool thing here because basically everything gets voted on if necessary, where you move to, who goes first, um, what you want to do, like all these things. And you kind of have to vote on who's doing these things and you can get vetoed by saying, Oh, I want to move to this location. You're like, no, no way we're moving to that location. You put it through a vote and you, you may or may not go to that location depending on how that vote goes for you because people start to get very skeptical of who's actually on the level here. Right. 
And so on your turn, yeah, you have some main actions you can do, which one is just movement. And you move from where you are to on one of the pathways to an adjacent location. Pretty simple. There's little uh, black dotted pathways that are um, of no consequence. Then there is a green dotted pathway, which actually um, reduces the amount of attention uh, given to you. And then there's red pathways that increase the amount of attention given to you. And that becomes significant uh, later on, and I'll explain why. Um, but yeah, so there's movement, there's hiding, which is just simple. You just reduce the attention level. You decrease, yeah, the attention um, level. And when you do a movement or a uh, Hide. hiding action, you just have to burn a card from yeah. your hands. You're always sloughing out the cards because that's very important as yeah. to how we'll this game there. progresses. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's also just basically playing a card from your hand. Yeah. So you've pretty much got like attack cards. You've yep. got escape quietly, like, so you can, you can get out of there. Cause generally if you, if you're engaged with an enemy, you can't escape. You, you have to deal with them, yep. but there are some cards that will let you escape. There are ones like, Oh, let's scout. Let's try it. So you can look at some of the, the cards and on adjacent, um, places. Yeah. There are just different symbols on these cards um, that represent the different things that you can do. The red being basically attack. The blue being uh, searching uh, the different locations. Their little to, binoculars. To, yeah, to gain information that is at the locations adjacent to you. Um, then there's the handshake green symbol, which is like kind of like a social symbol. It's like you're talking. Yeah, talk yeah, symbol. you're discussing things, you're talking things. Because there's going to be different um, tasks. Is mm -hmm. that what they are? The tasks card? are on the, the cards on the board, yeah. Yeah, where you can use those to kind of usually fulfill tasks and things like yeah. this. And also, then there was the question marks. Those are wild. That are wild cards, yeah. yeah. But yeah, those, like, sometimes, like, if you're fighting an enemy and he's got five health, you would need, like, five of those red symbols. Yeah. And so you can... It's usually one to one. It depends on where the boogeyman is on the uh, attention level and mm -hmm. troop strength track. Um, but it They're, can be, each enemy can be as low as one hit point per or three hit points per. Yeah. Um, and that'd be bad if you're in that scenario. Yeah. Um, and then there's, so yeah, there's, you, you're playing a card is basically one of your other actions and, or you can pass and burn a card yeah. to end your turn. Um, and then there's a villain phase after you've done three actions, um, in which the villains will, um, any adjacent troops to you, um, there'll be like... It, enemy troops on the board they'll move one step closer to you if they're adjacent to you uh if they're already on your space they're going to deal you a damage and then there's also other um cards that will be revealed as you move along that have the boogeyman's face on it and those cards will also activate doing bad things to you yeah uh when you take damage in this game that's an actually really they, they have a wound track at the yeah. bottom of the board and it's very interesting because you get wounded as a group because it's a co-op game mm -hmm. so like if you take uh, we have three six symbols on the wound track so there's six different levels on it the uh, the first level you somebody loses one card you have to mm -hmm. get rid of a card and you guys choose who it is if you were to get another wound you would move it over and then somebody somebody would have to get rid of two, two cards. cards and then three cards and you guys decide who's getting rid of them yep and then it goes on to the, the next three flipping. are coin flips. And we'll get to that in a minute, what the coin flipping means, because that's bad news. Yeah. Um, and we should talk a little bit more about the cards. So the, some of the cards are 
have a black ink all over them and they're supposed to uh, the term they used is stained these yes. cards are stained and if you're to use one of those cards it's a stained action and what that does is on your player mat your little player card uh, for instance for max here he has a strength and he has a weakness basically. yeah and every time you play a stained card on your turn or someone plays a stained card for you because you can help thing. you can you can boost other players actions so like if you needed five of the binocular symbols but you only had two yep. other players can help you to get to five by playing their own cards yes. with those symbols but if they play a stained card for you or you play a stained yep. card you activate the you stained activate action. your kind of weakness thing and, and with max uh he has a rage um sort of thing and says when one of max's actions is stained so using a stained card his rage interferes with any talks underway and every other hero must reveal and discard a card with the handshake symbol on it if they can. So that's usually, um, it's something like that that happens with a stain. It's usually not horrible, but it's just kind of like annoying. annoying. And it's, and it can really be a hindrance if you, if you're continuously getting hit with them. Yeah. And every character, vice versa, also has a strength. And uh, Max has one called Strength. <laughs> and uh, he says before he performs an action, Max may discard a card to kill a troop in his space, which yeah. is pretty awesome. Um, just simply discard a card and boom, you can yeah. get rid of a troop. So I every played, character has yeah, something good and something bad. I played one where I could heal. Um, so like I could just discard a card to heal when we got a wound so we wouldn't have to have someone say like getting rid of cards or flipping the coin. Yep. But if it was, um, if I was used, if I used a stained action then um, I would also, I would help heal like the enemies essentially. So instead of if on my action, I would be killing an enemy. Mm -hmm. Instead, I would just move them adjacent. So yeah, that can be a pain when you're really trying to get rid of somebody For or, sure. or you use a specific card to try to get rid of a leader. And then you can't because you don't have enough support. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, to reiterate here, you um, three actions per hero turn. And that's, that's decided amongst the players and whoever's playing. Um, and then it's the, uh, the dark side's turn basically. And they'll move troops towards you and attack you and, uh, fire up cards that are, uh, on the table that do bad things towards you. And then you go back to you and you, yeah. you play again. And so you're going to be moving around the board and you're going to be going to all these different locations. There's tons of different locations to go to all within those four main zones. And you're going to be flipping over location cards and doing whatever it says. You're going to be encountering big bad boss kind of uh, toys that are in the, in the closet working for the boogeyman. <laughs> and you're also going to find tasks that allow you to do something very important. So on the board, there are four... Black circles. Black circles. And these are, the are potential points. locations of finding the boy and like yeah. winning the game. And those, this is the cool, cool thing about this game is that there's four spots and there's there's seven um, tokens yeah. that can go into these four spots. They're numbered one to seven. Yeah. So at the beginning of the game, you're going to mix up these tokens and you're going to spread them around and you're going to take four of them at random and put them face down onto these. So four nobody knows what tokens. you've put on the board and nobody knows mm -hmm. which ones haven't been put on the board. Because in order to win the game, you need to decipher which one of these locations has the highest number and you need to exit through that uh, location. Exit. Yeah. 
that's that's the only way to save the boy. Yeah, and there's that's only literally the only way to win this game is to is to exit as a good at the anyway. yeah <laughs> is to exit at the highest location. And yeah. the only caveat to that is that if you if there is a seven, which is the highest number, yep. uh, if there's a seven on the board and a one on the board, you must exit at the one yes. to win the game. So that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, that's it just makes it thing. so you can't ignore. Mm-hmm. Some of the lower cards or so, the lower ones. Yeah. So you're trying to decipher these things and how do you flip those things over is by going and doing these different tasks. But the thing about it is, is only the, the player doing the task, the task is able to grab the coin and the look token, at it and look at it and put it back down. And then they can say what number it was, but it's up to you to whether or not you believe them. Yeah. Because the person that may have looked at that token may be working for the boogeyman, right? They might have the yeah. loyalty card. They of don't boogeyman. have to tell you the actual number. Nope. They might lie to you straight up and say, that's a six right there. We need to go there. And then you, you have abandon to be all, you know, who you believe and who you yeah. don't and what, what point of the game it's at. And yeah, so there's going to be one location in the hopscotch area, two locations within the jungle, and then one over at the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Creek. Creek, I believe. Yeah. Um, and those, yeah, you have to exit through one of those and you have to figure out what those numbers are. And to get to each one of those, you do have to go through a noisy area that increases the uh, the attention level of the boogeyman. Yep. And to get to the jungle... It's actually cut off from the rest of the map, and you have yeah. to have found a certain location to get a, 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 bridge, a bridge to put across to go across, um, if you think that's where you need to go. Um, and that's kind of what's going on. There's one other thing I need to really mention, um, and that's about the boogeyman himself. So uh, there's an attention level track and, and troop strength track um, that has a figure of the boogeyman on it. And as you um, move through the game, his attention level is going to go up and down. Um, And that, what that means is uh, the higher he is on the attention level is the more focused he is on where you are on the map. And the harder his cronies are to kill. Yeah. Cause as you go up that attention level track, not only does it increase, increase his attention to where you are, and the adjacency of his troops to you. Because if you're on an attention level three, that means that uh, all the little troops on the board that are within three spaces of you yeah. are going to know where you are and start moving towards you. Yeah. But not only that, but there's also certain brackets that you're going to come in and out of that increases or decreases the life strength of the troops themselves. So if you're up at, a, at the max level in the attention level, not only are players know exactly where you are and they're coming for you, all these little troops all over the board, but also their their strength of the troop themselves is going to be three. So each one of them is going to take three hit points to take down. And that's bad news. Yeah. So you want to manage that uh, attention level and troop strength track and keep that as By far down as possible. By hiding and keeping it down, yeah. Keep, keep his eyes off you, right? So there's the other cool thing that is yeah. the coin flipping. So the coin flipping comes into play typically when a player runs out of cards in their hand. Yep. So you start with seven or if you're the jester with nine. And as you run out, when you run out of cards, you meet, like you need, you need to, to get new cards. Seven more. So immediately you'll draw seven more cards. However, every time you draw new cards, you have to flip a coin. And the coin yep. that you have in the game, it's got, I believe, loyalty, the boy on one side and yep. revenge, boogeyman on the other side. Yep. And they're both awful. Bad stuff. <laughs> There's no good side of the coin. Yep. They're both bad. So if you flip it and you land with the boy's head face up, well, then the boy on the boy's lost track 
moves down. Yep. So as he moves down, he's getting closer to that boy is lost, the boy is lost spot, which is one of the game end triggers. Yep. Um, also, as you get lower, you'll start to get to a minus one hand size, a yep. minus two hand size. Yep. So instead of picking up seven, you're going to pick up six or five, which is also going to trigger that action a lot faster flipping the coin. Yep. <clears throat> it starts to snowball the further this, the, yeah. the boy goes down the real the quickly because yep. uh, you all generally start to end like lose your cards at the same time so you're flipping yep. very you know at pretty much the same time then uh the revenge side so if you if you get the boogeyman's face you have to pick up a boogeyman card and those are awful yep. as well um <laughs> there can be like okay everybody's hand size is less than one there was a card in there flip the coin three times right and for every head Every yep. boy's head, you have to go down three spots. There's some ongoing effect cards. Yes. There's some that are instant bad things. Some that affect the whole yep. table. Some that just affect the person who, who some carries that it. St really stir the pot and make you yes. start switching loyalty cards up. Yes. Like switch with the, with the card that's currently face down on the table and then switch with one of your opponents or mm -hmm. like or teammates, you know, and like now loyalty is starting to get spread all over the board. And you don't know who to trust. So like you could have started loyal to the boy, yeah. then you could end up being loyal to the boogeyman and then you might end up going back to being loyal to the yeah. boy. And so it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. That track does start to run down pretty quickly. It does. Um, and so those then, are the two, those are the two ways this game ends is if that boy goes all the way down the time track to the spot at the very end that says the boy is lost game, game over. over. But if you have a loyalty card that says you are working with the boogeyman, you win the you game. You win, yeah. So you can still win. Yeah. If, you know, if you're a bad guy. It's a, it's a game end condition, I yeah. guess. And then it just depends on which side you're on as yep. to whether you win or lose. And the same thing with those four locations. If you get to the location with the highest number on the on the table, then the good guys win. If you if you screwed up and you you you're not sure and someone lied or whatever the case yeah. is and you go to the wrong one you lose and then all the boogeyman supporters win yeah and yeah they're trying to manipulate you into doing that they're trying to slough their cards off as quickly as possible to make uh to to force flipping of the coins that just bring out worse and worse things for you yeah it's a it's a cool thing going on here so i think that's just about it um, so that's also on the wound track after you get rid of one card, two cards, three cards, then you have the three coin flips. Yes. So, so every gotta, time you get a wound past yeah, the halfway point, you're coin. flipping coins and then, then it, it does kind of reset and you have to go through that whole yes. thing again. Yeah. But it's still at that point, it's really bad news. That's why the wound is bad because you're getting rid of cards in your hand, right? Yeah. So then you're going to be already flipping sooner. Yeah. And yeah, so there's tons of cards you're going to play. There's uh, lots of deliberating going on as yeah. to what the right decision is. Where should we go? Who should we trust? Um, helping each other yeah. do attacks or or various, various things just to try and find that location and get that information and try to deliberate which of these locations the boy is, is being hidden at. And hopefully win the game. But uh, yeah. yeah. It's a tough one. So I think that kind of explains what's going on here. Um, so let's revisit the theme. Um, it's obviously Fantastic. this theme works really well. Yeah. It was designed specifically for this yes. theme. And yeah, it works really, really well. We yeah. have uh, the first uh, volume one and volume two of the yes. uh, of the Stuff of Legend uh, graphic novels. I will be getting the rest of them. I think there's only the two. I was reading it. I think. Really? There's only two? I haven't read the second one yet. I've read yeah, the first I, one. Apparently, I think there's only the two. Oh, Either well, way. Well, then we've got them both. Yeah. We have <laughs> the we have two. And yeah, you've read the first one. Yes. And I've read part of the first one, um, but not the whole thing. 
And, but yes, this, basically what you're seeing in the book is being played out here on the board. And, um, yeah, theme, fantastic. Yes. Really, really good. Um, it's clearly made with the books in mind. Oh. And it's, it's right here. It's all a very artwork, engaging theme, yeah. All the artwork, all the characters, all the everything about this theme just oozing out of this as far as stuff of legend goes there's no way that you can't think about what you're playing in this game like you're constantly reminded that the boy is going to be getting lost oh yeah like you're gonna you're gonna lose like he's going to be lost to the boogeyman if you don't oh yeah you're, go pick you're, it up. you're up against the clock and yeah. you're, you're doing everything you can and you're getting desperate towards the end being like we have to like we're going to lose him for yeah. good if we for sure if we let that happen yeah. so we have to take a chance yeah. and try to like we're not certain yet but like we have to take a chance to win yeah right and like in the i won't say what happened but in the first book like you can see where the some of the loyalties shift and why mm. they shift and so exactly it makes sense as to why you have that shifting lo potential shifting loyalty yep. and how they can go back and forth and back and forth kind of thing yep um but yeah theme i love it i think it was fantastic Always very good so, theme aside, um, the artwork, fantastic. Oh, I love it's the artwork. all identical to the book, just like we said, it, and it's a great a style. It's a just, yeah. it's fantastic. It's the, very, very graphic novel -y, Yeah, the cover know? art of the, the board, so, or of the box, the, the box, box art. Yeah. So... And this is the one that was on the, the Kickstarter page. And I thought it was such a cool cover because mm -hmm. you got the right side of the board. You can see the toys like you. It's backlit in the bedroom. So you've got like his lamp is lighting them and you've got and the actual toys. You've got the there. actual toys there. And then on the left side of the board, there's like a line and it well, divides the door, it. The it's the, well, door, yeah, so. you're opening the door. But then you've got um, it's like dark green grays and you've got the the real forms of them so like the yeah. grizzly bear the the jester the duck like they're all the soldier uh, and, the, and it's yeah. it just and very con like they contrast real, each other very well fierce realistic versions of them the way they are in the dark versus the actual toy that they are and then um we with the version that we got they actually had a box sleeve yeah with an alternate cover art man edition yeah and this one was cool. You've got like the boogeyman and it's like he's playing a game with um, as if the toys are like the players, kind of like what we have here. And it's the yeah. boogeyman moving the toys around a board. And yeah, it almost does look like he's almost playing he's, the game. Yeah, he's trying to be the there. puppeteer trying to, mm. you know, which makes sense for him. But I think the art is fantastic. Our I think it draws wicked. you in and it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very good. And then uh, components. Really good. Yeah. We have the deluxe edition, mind you. So we have but, minis. Like I said too, the the standies cardboard are standees great. are awesome. Yeah. However, They're great. this metal coin oh. was worth it just for this. No kidding. In the game, the retail version you got a plastic, a plastic coin, coin. But our we have this heavy and this coin is huge. Yes. It's like uh probably two inches yep. wide. Um and it's heavy and thick and just yeah, beautiful coin. So just just for the coin alone, um, I think it was worthwhile. Yeah. But yeah, the components are great. Cards are great. Yeah. Board is great. Everything's great. Yeah. Um, the minis are awesome. I think they'll look really good painted. Yes, I do um, too. And hopefully we can do that and paint them up identically to what they are yeah. in, the, in the comics. would be awesome. So yeah, components really good. Um, are these game trays? I can't remember. Yes, they are. Yeah, they are game trays. So yeah. it comes with game trays. 
And uh, yeah, it was great. So rule book, I learned this game um, and I learned most of it through the rule book. So I always generally do the bulk of the setup through the rule book and I, I start reading through the rules and then I'll find a video um, to kind of companion learn yes. the game. And yeah, I found a couple great videos out there and uh, there was one from Third World, I think. I think so. Yeah. Um, I can't remember, but... Um, but yeah, rule book was great. Um, it has, uh, I'll, I'll carry that yeah. a little bit. There's a couple confusing terminology terms yeah. where you're not quite sure if you're playing it uh, or doing exactly what you're supposed to. But I think we had it figured out in the end. Um, we played it uh, a few times. So I think at the end of the day, we are playing it correctly. Um, but just about adjacency and things like that. There's a few things that weren't quite clear. Um, but overall, learning the game was was very... Yes. The basic game itself was was pretty clear. Except for just yeah, a few small rules basically on movement and adjacency. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that... Uh, affected the game really right affected now. anything. No. Um, so yeah, rule book overall, pretty good. Yes. Um, yeah, so we're at the point of the episode we have about seven minutes uh of deciding whether we recommend this game and if we so who for um i so this is a um a hidden trader game so the, at, at its core this game is just a fantastic co-op yeah like if you were to remove the hidden trader altogether you could play this as your team of toys trying to find the boy and yeah and it'd be a great Co-op. Uh, great co-op game just on its own right so it's like we were talking about it the other day where it feels kind of like um forbidden island forbidden desert where there's all these different locations that you're going to and information you need to find at these different locations mm-hmm. to help you survive the scenario right and yeah. that's kind of what's going on here except for there's also um a whole bunch of bad things that you run into that you have to fight off and and escape from and whereas in the forbidden islands and desert games it's just kind of very basic you just yeah. go to a location and find something or don't where here there's there's lots of locations and lots of things to find and lots of uh uh bad guys to fight and um tricky situations that you find yourself in yeah while trying to find out the information as to where this boy is hidden at the end of the day but then on top of that you also add in the hidden trader and it's just crazy yeah it just it just adds such a such a like stressful element to this yeah where in there we played what last night five player and to the right to the end people didn't weren't fully convinced on who to trust yeah right like you and i were very convinced that each other was bad yeah you were convinced that kurt was good i knew he was good yeah but you thought i was bad so like you might i might be lying and then well i couldn't figure that one out just <laughs> but he then, was being weird with that one because i know he was trying to not let the loyal to the boogeyman guys yeah. like in on it but i was like but you're just doing weird things so then i was like well what why would you even do that but, but either, still right yeah. to the end of the game we're not entirely sure because yeah. we knew there was at least one of us was bad and it turned out that two of us yeah. were bad right from the get yeah. or right from the very beginning dustin and scott yeah. dustin was playing way too quietly I'm yeah. like he's definitely got to be because he's never he's never that quiet. But and <laughs> that adds such a thing to it. And then when oh. you start shifting the loyalty yes, around, that... we're like, I was good, and you were certain of it. Like let's say, yeah. But then I have to switch, and they're like, well, he's still playing the same. But yeah, is he good? I don't yeah. know, right? 
And then you can start to tank everything. And like you can, if you can time this properly, yeah. you can switch, switch loyalties. loyalties at the right moment where you can see that things are going south and then try to just sewer everybody yeah. and win this game on your own Yeah, as loyal to the boogeyman instead, right? So like... It's interesting. It's got so many interesting we, things going on. And it's definitely... Uh, but as for like if we recommend it, definitely. Um, and oh, for sure. Definitely if good. You like, yeah. Um, uh, co-op. And especially if you like the hidden trader, hidden trader element. If, if the hidden trader element like stresses you out, then, then this probably not, not for you. But even still, though, I found that of all the hidden trader games that I've played so far, this one would, would was the least stressful. Like being um, being loyal to the boogeyman. Um, I didn't feel like I had to do that much differently. No, because you could subtly yes, start you, to sewer them. Because and you can start sloughing off good cards yes, because you're playing them face down and you, no one can see what you're right. throwing away. So it's, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, they're going to know who I am. And like, I wouldn't, I wasn't stressed about it. It was no, just like, You can come oh. up with excuses for why you need to get rid yeah. of your hand. Like, I got nothing good here. Like, I want to help you guys, but I don't have any cards that are any yeah. good. Okay, go ahead and we'll vote yes that you can ditch your whole hand. Even yeah. though like I had maybe great cards in my hand and we yeah. I got rid of great cards and now i've got a whole new hand and i flipped the coin and i now they're all stained and now you can like there's all sorts of things going on that you can uh, manipulate this but you can do it in a very subtle way yeah whereas a lot of other games gets pretty obvious yeah yes Um, and that's the thing is is the other games got very obvious i will say playing with uh we so we our first attempt at this we played two player. Well, it's a three to six player really game. An to we were trying to learn the game. Learning so how it before worked. we yeah. before we attempted it, and it was um, and it was funny because I mean you have one player. It was impossible. Yeah. It just yeah. <laughs> it was. But funny. we were trying to learn it, and... it. But when you have more players, like a three player game was fun, but it a five player game, six player game, like those, those player counts and four probably too. Just the more player interaction you have. So with the more, more people at the table, the better this game plays yep. just because there's more discussion. Like you said, the table talk is Tons really, table talk. really good. And, and then somebody will say something and just everyone will erupt with laughter because it's like, what? Yeah. Like, what do you even mean by that? That didn't, that would that's completely opposite if you're a good guy that's not but right. you are a good guy you just misspoke and it's just it it makes the game the table talk kind of makes the game yeah so having the higher player count is where this game really sings for sure i really really liked it at five three was fine yeah but five was really good yeah <clears throat> yeah I agree. so um clearly we both really really recommend this game if that sounds good to you if you like co-ops yeah. and if you particularly like the idea of hidden traders this game is phenomenally good knowledge wise i mean it's not that difficult to play um just content there's a lot wise, of strategy though, there's a lot of strategy mm, right? and if and you've got decisions and things you got kids in the boogeyman it can be a frightening theme so yeah maybe for yeah a little bit for, younger kids this could be yeah a you don't want side. them thinking about this before they go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so but overall, this game was great. It did not disappoint. No. Um, it was what I was hoping it was going to be. Um, and yeah, I it it was awesome. This is yeah. just yet another fantastic game in the year of 2023. Um, yeah, they did a really good job, I think, bringing the graphic novel to the to the table. They did. Yeah. It's super good. Um, and yeah, I think you could play the co-op if you were to just ignore 
I don't uh, think it would be as fun. I, I agree, it wouldn't be as fun. I think, but I think you could do it, it if you didn't like hit or, hidden for trader. For sure, you could. Trader. I think you could yeah. do it. Um, but for sure, hidden you just trader take out is those what cards. really makes this ultra interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the stuff of legend from Third World Studios. Studios, uh, fantastic game. Yeah. Um, yeah, we love this one. And just yeah, like I said, another great game. We've been playing a lot of good games lately. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one highly anticipated and did not disappoint. So, um, that being said, we are right on time here. Um, that will call an episode. Uh, awesome. you can find us on Twitter at Meeple Dungeon on YouTube, the Meeple Dungeon, where you can see a unboxing of this game, by the way. Yes. Um, and our email is the Meeple Dungeon at gmail.com. So if you want to contact us, you can find us there. And yeah, I think, uh... We're going to run, and hopefully we see some of you at Meeple's for the Magic uh, Lord of the Rings event Friday. And yeah, we're going to run, and we will see you next week. Cheers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.